everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. Let me start off by stating that I need to apologize for the length of time in between this podcast and the last podcast. However, if you remember, I made a disclaimer that things were going to change with the podcast, that I was going to do a little bit more upgrades to the podcast to make it a little bit more entertaining as well as formative. So pretty much that was the cause of the delay. Hopefully you will enjoy the new improvements And with that being said, let's get this started. Today was the death of Rush Limbaugh. My thing is in regards to this individual, I I feel sorry for a person like that. A person that whose whole career was based on spreading rhetoric negativity, racist views, and just, I guess, division in this country. I mean, that was his whole platform. And I feel bad, I feel bad for his soul because, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say where Rush Limbaugh's soul is resting at right now but i just believe that when a person dies when they're on their deathbed and they know that they have spewed this much hate in their career they have made money tons of money spewing this type of rhetoric that have destroyed families and you know i would rush limbaugh You know, you think of Donald Trump, you think of Fox News, you think of Alex Jones, you think of all this right wing propaganda, the Tea Party, the whole that whole Tea Party movement was spurred on by Rush Limbaugh. You know, even like after I read Michelle Obama's book and where she had made the statement about the whole Kenya birth certificate and, you know, how President Obama wasn't a U.S. citizen. And you never really thought about how there was a larger impact. Yes, when they would say things like, he's from Kenya, and you're thinking that from a political point of view, you know, they're dumbasses that sit there, they believe this. And, you know, they're going to have their signs that's saying go back to Africa and all that type of dumb shit. But when you think about from the point of view that she talked about in her book about how there were death threats against him because, you know, these right wing individuals that, you know, like like the whole concept of Donald Trump was that he was the leader of an uneducated population in this country. 
So when that uneducated group of people believe something and they have the mindset that they can disrespect that in the form of making threats or even attempting to kill it. This is when this type of rhetoric becomes a problem. So when Michelle Obama states in her book about how there were not only death threats against her husband, but there were death threats made against her family because people literally took these words that were spewed by Donald Trump and Rush Limbaugh and right wing media about, you know, his, you know, President Obama's origin. So, you know, to me, you know, I'm not going to say where I feel Rush Limbaugh should go to. But in a way, I just I feel I feel sorry because I know where Rush Limbaugh's soul is at right now. And I just I, I feel sorry for a person that on their last days on this earth, his last breath, you know, they could not show any type of remorse that would possibly get God's mercy and ask God for forgiveness. It's just, I mean, the evil, the levels of evil that this person was during his lifetime. And that's the sad part is next year, this time, if it makes it to the end of this year, people are not going to remember him. There's not going to be a Rush Limbaugh day. There's not going to be some major. It's, it's, it's not even going to be a major celebration of his life. Yeah, they, you know, his funeral is going to be recognized by a number of right wing media personalities. You know, his, his funeral will be probably well attended. But I'm thinking in a, in a month, two months, if the name Rush Limbaugh is mentioned, I am going to be strongly surprised. I really am. Let's go on to the next story. Again, like I said, due to the amount of time that has passed, some things have gotten by me. And I just want to um, address those things. Of course, the impeachment trial ended and it went as predicted. They knew that they, being the Democrats, knew that they weren't going to get the 17 votes by the Republican to convict Donald Trump. However, it was surprisingly that they did get seven. I, you know, I am actually impressed by that. However, being the type of person that I try to be in terms of what I think a bigger picture is in all of this. I think the bottom line, yes, to get everything rolling, you had to have the impeachment. What I do believe now is going to be is a division in the Republican Party. It's already being stated that the military, military personnel, particularly white military personnel, have always voted Republican. It is now believed that that group is starting to splinter. There's a number of 
white military and Spanish. For some reason, Spanish military personnel tend to vote Republican also. It is believed that these groups are now distancing themselves away from the Republican Party. Now, they have not committed to becoming Democrat. A lot of them are looking at the Independent Party. However, that type of splinter, it can only benefit the Democrats. I still believe, and I've said this in previous podcasts, I believe that the Democrats with what is presented before them can only go up. They can only strengthen their base. They can only add more seats in the house, even with all the gerrymandering that can possibly go on. Cause of course this is what the Republicans on the state level are doing right now. I'm hearing stories about, you know, um, redistricting. I believe I heard where Arizona is now, if you're going to do an absentee ballot in the state of Arizona, you actually have to get it notarized. This is the bullshit that is getting ready to come down. And this is what Democrats have to counter. And this is simple. They could do all of these things. You simply got to get out and vote. No matter, I mean, population, numbers, a group of, one group that's larger than another group, no matter how they cut up the districts, how no matter how much they hinder you, if you get out and vote, you're going to prevail every time. And I believe that the Biden administration, once they start curing COVID, even if it's not really totally eradicated, once the death numbers are going down, and to my understanding, this is what's happening. The numbers are starting to pretty much not increase. They may not be going down, but they're not increasing. To my understanding, the death numbers are going down. The number of positive testing, test results are going down. And the number of individuals that are taking the vaccine has gone up. So the only thing that pretty much can come out of this is all positive for the, for the Democrat Party. Then also things like the minimum wage being increased to $15 an hour. Things like the stimulus checks. Get this money out to these individuals. All of this is going to benefit the Democrat Party, even these Republicans that are spewing their rhetoric about how long it's taking to check. If that's the only thing that they got going for them right now is about how long it's taking these checks to go out, the Democrats, they got this in the bag. It's, it's really theirs to fuck it up. And pretty much, I just don't see how they can do that. So pretty much, the Democrats just stay on that same pace. I don't want to just say, make sure you don't mess it up. But... You're on a thin line. However, it is not that thin. It's not the, it's easy to walk this line. Basically, all you got to do is undo the garbage that 
Donald Trump left and clean it up and put everything back into place. Joe Biden's administration for the next four years probably will be the most easiest administration there ever was. I mean, really, yes, I know we're facing a pandemic and things like that, but the blueprint is there. Get stimulus checks in the hands of the people, vaccinate people, get the school system up and running again, get the jobs going again, and get this country back to where it was at basically four years ago. Next, let's talk about, I guess, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was Fox News because a lot of advertisers are starting to leave them due to the false propaganda that they've been spreading, particularly the Lou Dobbs show. Because right now, Fox is faced with a $2.7 billion lawsuit from a voting technology company called Smartomatic. Pretty much what they insinuated that Fox News was, or pretty much the Lou Dobbs show, was smearing their voting system, their um, apparatus, and pretty much they countered by filing a lawsuit against Fox News. And also, um, along with Rudy Giuliani, uh, Sidney Powell, and other members of the Fox News team, and pretty much this caused Fox News to cancel one of their top shows. And this is, this is what it's all about. It's not about what is right or wrong. It's about taking their money. When you fuck with people's money, especially rich people, trust me, they're going to sing another tune. So pretty much kudos to this company. Um, like I said, going back to the impeachment and I guess the acquittal, of Donald Trump, it's amazing to see the unseen video of this situation that took place at the Capitol. And for, I, get, I forget the exact number, well, 43, excuse me, it was 43 senators, 43 Republican senators that actually felt that there was nothing wrong. You even had one House member to actually say, he don't believe it happened. You know, this is the new rhetoric. Well, I didn't, it didn't happen. It wasn't, it wasn't like what really happened. So the five dead people, that didn't happen. This is the approach that they're going to come with. These Republicans had the opportunity to get rid of Donald Trump, but they fear a backlash from Donald Trump supporters. So they refuse to vote against him because they feel that they would be dead in the water. And a number of them that voted to not convict him, they have their own aspirations of running for president in four years. Which, of course... What's going to happen? Let's say, let's play devil's advocate. Donald Trump decides to run. Or let's say Donald Trump endorses a candidate to run. How is that going to pan out? 
So let's say the candidate that Donald Trump endorses or Donald Trump himself, that would really be wild for Donald Trump to actually run again. So let's say either one of those scenarios happen. So let's say he goes up against Ted Cruz. Now, Ted Cruz pretty much chose to not vote to convict. So now Donald Trump can come to Ted Cruz and say, or a moderator is going to say, well, four years ago, the insurrection that took place at the national capital. How do you feel about that? Of course, Donald Trump can easily say, well, um, I didn't do it. Of course, that's, you know, no brainer. So what Ted Cruz is going to say is he's going to say, no, Donald Trump didn't do it. And they're going to show footage of Ted Cruz, or I don't know if Ted Cruz was there that day, or his colleagues running for their lives. So Ted Cruz is going to have to say, no, Donald Trump didn't have nothing to do with this. So what, what edge would Ted Cruz have to make another Republican say, Ted Cruz, you're better than Donald Trump? What leverage would Ted Cruz use to give the voters the insinuation that he's better. He's not. They lost that opportunity when they could have voted to convict him and have him stripped of the possibility of ever running again. Not to say Donald Trump would have been quiet over that, but they would not have to worry about him running. What they're going to try to do is, it's almost like they're going to have their cake and eat it too. We're going to indicate that he's not guilty of this, while at the same time saying that he played the part. But an individual can say, well, why did you not vote to convict him then it's, it's going to be in, and I believe that this is going to cause the split because between now and four years from now more of it's going to come out I believe that the Democrats need to push hard as hell to keep this memory of that insurrection alive so that way when Trump or Trump endorsee runs, they can then have to combat whether or not Donald Trump played the part in that and on top of that have the individuals that will run, the senators that will run that voted to acquit Donald Trump and they're going to have to justify their actions or their vote. This it's going it's going to be it's going to be interesting. This is this is going to be interesting. In my opinion, I believe that they're going to split the vote. They're going to split the vote. Another thing that took place was that the U.S. recognized seventy-one terrorist group throughout the world. However, what was interesting was that no domestic or white supremacy group were on that list. That's amazing. 71 
terrorist group were named by the U.S., but no domestic or white supremacy group on, on that list. What is interesting is that Canada has listed on their list white supremacy and U.S. domestic groups on their list. And I think it's going through their parliament procedures. If this is ratified, these groups, if they're in Canada, can be stripped of their finances, resources. I guess basically they will not be able to freely move around. It's interesting. And again, this is not the Trump administration. This is the Biden administration that made this list. So, you know, again, I believe in the concept that Elijah Muhammad once said, you know, there's a rattlesnake, there's a garden snake, there's a water snake. But make no mistake, they're all snakes. Last but not least, I want to do a movie review. Um, pretty much I went to go see Judas and the Black Messiah, which was the movie about Fred Hampton, which, you know, I think a lot of people struck them was the fact that, you know, Fred Hampton was only 21 years old at his death. Now, growing up in New Jersey, pretty much I was raised with the stories of the Black Panthers. I knew about the story of Fred Hampton. What I always was amazed at when I saw the movie again is that when it came to the chairmans of the Black Panther movement, and I'm talking about the Huey P. Newtons, the Bobby Seals, the Eldridge Cleaver. I don't know if Angela Davis was ever one of the chairmans. These individuals, a number of them, they were arrested. They were beaten in prison. A number of them were murdered. However, Fred Hampton was literally singled out as public enemy number one. The Panthers as a group was considered public enemy number one, but Fred Hampton was individually singled out. And this was because Fred Hampton, he imposed the greatest threat that any of them ever made, and that was because he focused on unification among all oppressed people. If you think about the history of black leaders, when they are doing things such as, let's say, Martin Luther King Jr., when he was integrating the bus system or, you know, certain sanitation companies, things of this nature, nobody cared about that. But the moment when King started utilizing the tactic of unionizing black men, black women with white union officials, he became a problem. People failed to realize that the second March on Washington was going to be totally different. It was going to be a hodgepodge 
of a number of groups that was going to come to Washington this time. And they could not allow for that to happen. And Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered. When Malcolm X was calling white people blonde haired, blue eyed devil and, you know, selling Muhammad Speaks and doing the bidding of Elijah Muhammad, he was okay. But when Malcolm was ostracized and removed from the nation of Islam and he went to Mecca, where he actually embraced what was considered, you know, more of an orthodox teaching of Islam and started realizing that there were white Muslims, there were African Muslims, Asian Muslims, and he started embracing those Muslims and was you know, attempting to start his own organization that was the unification of all of these different types of Muslim groups, Malcolm X, he was murdered. I mean, do you, do you see the pattern? When Huey Newton and Bobby Seals were doing things in the community, serving breakfast, and, and don't, don't get me wrong, the stuff that the Panthers did was tremendous. The free lunch program, I, I benefited from this stuff. I can remember the Panther movement in the city of Newark and in the city of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I, I, I remember these programs. When they were doing things like free lunch programs, educating black people on the laws, educating them how to, I guess, address the police, representing families that had misrepresentation in the courts, this was fine. Yes, Huey Newton, Bobby Seals, you know, Elger Cooley, he was, um, he, you know, pretty much had to lead the country. But they were never murdered. Fred Hampton, in only 21 years, when he started going to the Hispanic community, the other black self lifting groups and when he was going to white oppressed group if you saw the movie you would see it i hope you saw it because i don't want to give nothing away but when you saw him reaching out to basically a right wing white group with the confederate flag behind them when he started reaching out to that and started appealing to these people because these people started thinking we may not like him. We may not like this color of his skin, but oppression is oppression. And when they started actually listening to what he was saying, you know, Fred Hampton, he literally became public enemy number one. I mean, they went after him. They, you know, based on, you know, what you saw, you know, if you don't know the, Story of Fred Hampton, shame on you. So it's easy for me to say, yes, he was murdered in his sleep. Yeah, of course, it was, you know, at the hands of us. Same with Malcolm. I believe that Dr. King, I believe that the FBI, they had inside information. But 
with Fred Hampton. This is the greatest threat that any leader can take on is to try to bring not only their people together, but to also reach out to other oppressed groups. Because if that ever, if that ever happens, things would change drastically, drastically. I'm going to leave it here. Again, this has been another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you love what you heard, please express your views, your ideals. I would love to hear everything you got to say. Until then, God bless. Take care. All right, guys, thanks for listening to There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe. To continue the discussion that we had today, make sure to check out our Facebook page. See y'all next week.